Welcome to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit, your total Ontario hunting podcast. Hey guys, episode number five, Ontario Outdoor Pursuit. This week we are going to get into a whole smorgasbord of topics. New question from another listener, Grimnick11. Thanks for commenting. He wants to know how we maintain our properties and what we do for gun and bow training in our off-season. Yeah, so for maintaining properties, I think we're pretty easy going. Before the hunting season, we do a lot of mineral licks and a lot of supplements. We like to research what deer like in our area yep. and kind of touch in on that. So we put a protein box because it's winter. It's important, too, to know what um, what crops you have going on around you, too. Yeah, I think that's closer to like the actual deer season, though, right? Yeah. I think putting out salt licks is good. Putting out protein blocks is good. Even an abundance of corn piles is also something. Yeah, it's to better keep than them around. Yeah, it's better than nothing. I think it's good to keep have variety, like you've said before. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think maintenance, as far as that goes, doing shooting lanes before yeah. season starts. One thing I always got, um, I've always done on the properties I hunt at is. As well as trimming my shooting lanes, I also trim a uh, almost a traveling lane, we'll call yeah. it, and that is just for the ease of the deer to get to where I have either a mineral lick or the uh, protein or food, whatever it may be. Um, th- th- you know, they'll take whatever route that they want to take, but I make one that's specific just to going to rate where I want them to be. I'll throw something down, like I'll use like a buck scrape kind of scent spray on that and with any luck that'll steer them towards that path you know there's deer already been walking down there and there's something at the end yeah i think most animals including humans will follow the path of least resistance for when they're walking Mm -hmm. so if you have a nice travel path that's maintained unless something spooks them they're probably going to take that and typically that it works yeah typically you're going to want that going right to where your standard ground blend is yeah i guess a little bit of bow hunting gun training in the off season obviously we are getting pretty intense now kind of a late start for us but we're getting back to shooting bows every weekend we both have a pretty busy schedule throughout the week but we're back at antler river we're shooting the range every saturday getting ready for our up and coming 3d tournaments this year for archery yeah so if i mean if no one's ever done a 3d tournament they're really really fun and i think they're they're as close as you can get to hunting without actually going so out if there no one's really shot 3d in uh southern ontario london specifically where can you go to yeah, so if you're not really into the knowing where they are and you're from the London area, uh, Four City Archers holds one a year. Yeah. Uh, it's like a $20 entrance free. It's open. There's different classes. So last year I competed in Bow Hunter Unlimited class, right on. which has some restrictions on length of stabilizers and um, optics you can have on your on your bow. Um, but there's a bunch of them all over. If, actually, if you Google Ontario uh, archery tournaments, a bunch will come up and so usually they're not very expensive and usually they're a little spaced out in distance so no matter where you're from you can go out there and there's prizes to be won and such yeah there's prizes to be won um there's draw usually there's draws too so even if you're just out there having fun you're not a crazy high-end shooter but you just want to go out there and have fun they have draws for you to enter which is kind of cool and if people are interested in getting uh getting hooked up with forest city archery this year Check out the draws and prizes. With any luck, we'll have some titanium archery products in those and yep. hopefully get everyone's hands on yep. some, last some year, top gear. Yeah, last year I brought a shirt and some uh, decals for it during the tournament. Nice. So the weird part is I won them, so I just gave them back and said, someone, <laughs> else, someone else take these. I don't, I, I'm good <laughs> as I'm wearing a shirt. So What do you do for guns? Um, so for guns, I'm usually, when I was at Crumlin, the gun club, Yeah. I would go and obviously sight in and shoot. I believe 
shooting longer than you plan to hunt distance wise is important. So sometimes if, even if I'm at my buddy's farm, we'll shoot 400, 300 yards for fun. But I mean, the thing is though, my, your 400 yard group, if you can hit like a four inch clay at 400 yards, hitting a vital spot at 100 or 200 yards just becomes a joke. Yeah. So I like to do that. What do you, what do you like to do for rifles? Um, well, I haven't, I haven't been up to moose camp in two years now, so I haven't done too much kind of neglecting the 30 odd six. Um, but agreed. I do like to shoot at a longer distance, double what I'm comfortable at shooting where I know I'm going to harvest something. Yep. My muzzle loader that I've recently been into the past year, um, actually two years now, um, I'm shooting it at about 200 yards as well, trying to sight in for that. So what I start with is I go from 50 to 100, 150 to 200, and I make sure each of the grouping is exactly where I want to be. Yep. Um, at 200 yards with my muzzle loader, I'm trying to keep four-inch group, and I know I can kind of pick away. And that's a pretty long yeah. shot for the, we'll say, yep. shotgun muzzle loader season. Um, but I'm able to push out 100 yards, so if there's that buck that just will not come any closer for me, yep. I know I'll be okay. That's good. So we're getting pretty ready for our late season waterfowl goose season. Yep, we got that coming up this Saturday. Yep. So a bunch of guys and I have been doing a bunch of scouting this week and the week before, and we got our property again for where we know the birds are. So and right on topic, when you're scouting, what is it you're looking for? So normally we'll start a day off scouting. We'll take, let's just say it's just one guy, or if it's two guys, we'll take different vehicles because you can cover more area. Right. Uh, first thing in the morning, go out there, and usually we have a rough idea of where the birds will be. Park somewhere and just sit and have a coffee and turn the radio off, open the windows, and just listen. So then you'll usually hear a bird or you'll see some birds, and you'll know where they're flying from. Sometimes you might not catch them taking off somewhere, but you'll catch them in the air. So then we'll just drive, and we'll find the field that they're going to. Uh, different kinds of day, like, or sorry, different times of day. Like if it's noon, they're probably going to be on the water. And usually we don't hunt deep, deep water because we find a lot of birds are in quarries right. and uh, gravel pits. But around the feeding times, they go to the fields. And so we'll, at dawn and dusk, we'll try to figure out where they're going to feed. So this time of year, with it being uh, the class does late season hunt, yep. uh, what kind of feeding grounds are you guys looking for for these? Um, something to keep them kind of full. Um, beans, I haven't had luck in beans this time of year. Normally, what we're seeing right now is they're hitting the cornfields that were tilled. Um, obviously, they're taken off, but... Yep. They're not uh, tilled back in, and so there's a lot of geese flying in there. We're seeing crazy amount of ducks, which is kind of unfortunate because we can't shoot ducks at this late in the season. Today we saw about two, three hundred ducks in one field, which is pretty awesome. There's there's probably about 40, 50 geese there, which we're going to get after on Saturday, but um, we're going to check another field that we had permission to last year, and we'll know, we know we can get it again this year, and hopefully they're there. i got to go check that tomorrow morning, and... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to get out. Saturday. Yeah, you'll be coming with our group. Me, so you'll be coming out with our group, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. So our group is quite successful based on yeah. just 120 pounds of sausage that we did a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, last year alone we got five bands, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, so that's cool. I mean, it's kind of. I hope every year produces at least five bands. Yeah. So. Um, it's a story to tell too. You can call that bird in, hear a little bit about it. And... Yeah. It, waterfowl. I think why I like it so much is it's a lot more. Like, don't get me wrong, I love my bow hunting first and foremost, right. but what makes it my second favorite is it's so much more interactive with the animal. You're 
you have the decoys out, you're calling to the birds, the birds are responding, they're calling back to you, you start calling back to them, you're doing gentle talks back and forth, and they just drop right in your lap when it works perfectly when they read the script. So for listeners listening that don't really know too much about uh, banded and history, how does that process work when you get a banded bird? Right, so if you get a banded bird, there's single bands, double bands, uh, neck collars, and so a double band means both legs are banded. Yeah. Uh, neck bands on its neck. And these bands, what are the bands for people? Uh, so the most standard bands made of aluminum. It's like an aluminum, looks like a ring you'd put on your finger, a little yeah. bit wider. Uh, double bands are usually a stainless and a uh, aluminum, and the neck ones are usually plastic. But anyways, there's a number on each of the bands, and so you can either call it in, there's a 1-800 number, and report that band. Or you can do it online, which is a lot easier. You just write your info, uh, nearest town you shot the bird, um, the species of the bird, and then so you know where you shot it, they'll provide you with where it was banded. So sometimes you'll get ones like banded in Yukon, and you'll shoot here. So you know yeah. that bird was in the Yukon and flew over, and there's a rough age on the bird. It'll say banded at this time of year, too young to fly. So you know it's ban- it was from that year. So it's kind of cool to see the process of... For the, sure, I don't have a yeah. banded under my belt, and I would love to have one. Yeah, our group does it pretty fairly. So if you're on the hunt and there's a band, uh, you, we draw for it. Yeah. Um, if there's five bands and five guys hunting, everyone gets a band. Super easy. Right on. But if it's like, you know, we shoot two bands, we just draw for them, and that way it's fair and square. Because then you, you don't have the guys arguing and be like, no, I shot that bird. That's my bird. I shot the bird. And... It's like the Sand Hill episode of <laughs> Stephen Ranella where yeah, on there's either. four of them where they all figure they shoot this banded bird. All four of them shot the band, yeah. Well, they all got four, or they, they ordered four certificates, so that kind of worked. But who got the band? That's I'd true. like to know that. Yeah, that's key. I'd, that you can be... take you can take a certificate if I get the band. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, getting into the late season, what are you guys doing to uh, prepare yourselves for uh, waterfowl hunting? Um, normally, we kind of we shoot sporting clays. Yep. So we all trap shot together and shot skeet together at each other's at farms and stuff, but. Um, sporting clays is a lot different as you know, cause you've shot it. Oh, yeah. It's like, there's rabbits on the ground. There's, uh, teal flushes, which is like doubles coming up straight up in the air. Um, there's ones that there's shots that go straight left to right. Some that go up on angles and it just kind of makes you think about your shot and leading these birds so that when it comes to waterfowl season, you can hit a bird. I think sporting clays is probably the closest you're going to get to... Um, hunting with a shotgun because trap and ski i mean it's i don't i don't want to say like i don't want to take it away from it from the really good shooters but confidently i can hit 80 or 90 percent of trap no problem yeah but sporting clays when i first got out there to shoot sporting clays it was really hard yeah it's a different ball game yeah it's, it totally is so well, uh, hopefully that answered Grimnick 11's question. Um, so I said we got a whole smorgasbord of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we week. got some new stuff. Lots of new stuff. So you, our new camel you wanna, came in. Yeah, let's we'll start with the simple stuff, I guess. All right. So we got the uh, True Timber Pulse um, Strata Edition camel gear. This gear is pretty awesome. It's super affordable. Yeah, it um, looks awesome. Yeah, like I, I was super happy with it. It's a polyester finish with a cotton interior. Um, it's got the padded uh, butt cheeks and padded. Um, the heels are almost like a canvas on the bottom. Yep, it's like and a durable canvas. They have knee zips, uh, so all the way up to your knee they zip for those yep. hot days. Yeah, and like if you're wearing like really big bulky boots, you can unzip them, put them over it, and zip it back yeah, up. Exactly. So they slide right over. 
Um, pocket wise, they're they've got one, two, three, four, five. They got six pockets, and yep. everything is either button or there's a zip that's very quiet. Yeah, everything is a water type zip, and there's for no the waist they have the uh, the rubber band. So it's kind of if you don't really like rocking a belt in the tree stand, and I know sometimes mm -hmm. I don't like sitting there with a belt. Um, this rubber will just help from. Yep. Well, off. even if you do wear a belt, though, I mean, your jeans and my jeans slide down, oh, even yeah. with a belt. Yeah. That rubber band grips to whatever you have underneath. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. No, it's awesome. And we bought the top coat and the pants. Yeah, we got the top and bottom. This is going to be nice for a... this. I, you could probably get away with an early season, but I'm going to say a mid to late season fall hunt. Yeah, it's, a, it's like an insulated thermal uh, fleece pant. Yeah, and but they're thin. Yeah. Right? They're, they're a thin, thin. They're like a thin uh, slate. Yeah. But they're they're awesome. They're super warm from what we've seen. Um, they're pretty quiet. The zippers are a little bit loud, but we're going to get rid of the little bit metal on metal contact there. Um, just go rope to metal. That's the only complaint I have about them. Yeah. Other than that, they're awesome. Yeah, super happy. The camo is... Uh, so we did touch on some of the visuals that deer and other animals see. Yep. So this camo is uh, kind of more subject to browns. Yeah, it's and a that's a positive yeah. for a lot of the things that we're after. Absolutely, browns and dark greens, which is what I personally like. Um, if anyone's looking to check out some Strata gear, we ordered ours online after we seen it at Antler River, yeah. which is located in Delaware. Unfortunately, we found out they had it after we ordered right. it, which is kind of, sorry guys. Um, so they have a couple different types. They have the quarter zip. Um, they have the, a lot of companies are now making this down jacket. Yeah, like a, a packable. Yeah, like a puff jacket. So these little packables, they pack up basically into the pocket of the jacket or summer pants. And you throw those right in your pack. You use them as a pillow. Yep. And they're carry on about your super hunt. warm. And they're very light. Stupid light. Yeah. They're stupid light. So if anyone wants to check them out in person before you order some right off the True Timber website, go to Antler River and see what they got. Maybe even spend a little time in the range. Yeah, always. There's no such thing as a bad day at the range. Absolutely not. Um, so moving on, we just brought over my moose head and my elk antlers. Yeah, how excited are you to get that moose head back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Dave, Dave Snook, Snook did an awesome job. It. Um, it looks It's so clean and white, and that's what I love. And he retouched the antlers and made them dark as they should be. It looks it looks like a great piece. Yeah, I love I love how the bottom jaws on it too, and it's nice and clean. The podcast room is finally happening. Oh yeah, like everything is here. We my, want. my parents are pretty happy that I got elk antlers out of the garage. So <laughs> yeah, I'm those not... elk antlers. What are those? Six by six. Yeah, six by six elk antlers. I uh, when check I... the check the website, guys. There'll there'll be a photo of Shallow holding these antlers out. They're pretty. Wicked. Oh yeah, they'll be on Instagram too. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, when I bought my truck, they uh, to sweeten the pot. The guy gave me a matching pair of six by six elk. Well, you six said it was six make elk. or break, right? Well, like I was like, oh, I don't know, it's a good price on the truck. And he's like, well, you hunt. How about a matching six by six pair of elk antlers? And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that, that's a selling <laughs> thing. Like that, give me the keys. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Um, so yeah, we got those in the podcast room now, and you just bought a new toy. So I just got a new Pit Boss pellet grill. Uh, it's the eight twenty F B edition. It's large. It's uh, if for those of you who don't know what a pellet grill is, I'm sure you heard of Traeger grills. They're kind of up there, but if you're looking for a more affordable pellet grill, Pit Boss is some would say the next runner up, but I'm gonna say that they're at the same level. Pit they're, Boss, they're like, on par. They make the meat is just unbelievable. So we've done goose sausages, we've done moose steaks, and what did you think tonight of the goose sausage and moose steak? Uh, the sausage was ridiculously juicy. 
but it was fully cooked. You no, know, it was fully cooked. Absolutely. It was just ridiculously juicy, which is awesome. It carried every flavor. Yep. The moose steak, I mean, because we had your girlfriend here, we cooked a little bit more than we, we than you and I yeah. would have. But it was still extremely tender, and that's something that you don't really see that often. When and you how cook. long was that on the grill for? Less than 10 minutes, like six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it seared so nicely. Uh, basically, it produces indirect or direct heat. Yep. And uh, you select whichever you like. You can select your temperatures. And I got to say, I am so impressed with Pit Boss. I can't wait till the next day to grill the next meal. I love when it's on smoke and you can see in the background, it's like on the side, there's that uh, chimney. Yeah. And that chimney is just roaring, just smokes it's flying popping. out of it. Um, what did we learn about the grill today? So you definitely can't run out of the pellets because the igniter <laughs> does not like to reheat in seconds. So Mid- Mid-grill, the temperature just starts dropping and we're staring at each other like, huh, well, that's weird. I was like, we didn't run out of pellets. Open the pellet box. We ran out of pellets. <laughs> yeah, we were burning pretty hot. Yeah. Must have been right off the yeah. hot. But, that... but it, that was an easy fix, though, once we figured it. Oh, absolutely. So I'm glad that's out of the way. But yeah, the, that flavor that I get off that was unreal. Just the flavors you get out of the meat is yeah. just it. What I like that there's no gas going to. There's absolutely no propane, no natural gas. It's nothing. just oxygen fed, and you plug it in just so you got your uh, electric thermometer and your temperature set, yeah. and that's it. Like it's a cleaner burn than my smoker because my smoker's still propane. Yeah, and this is just directly like a heated element that heats the wood pellets plus the oxygen jet. Yeah, and it's just it's such a clean taste. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I'm. It's something I'm crazy about. Like every man has to have <laughs> a nice cue. Yeah. And this is my this is my barbecue. This oh, is my yeah. grill for sure. Grill's awesome. Last night I got to have some fun with one of my buddies, Adam. Took his deer, his eight pointer that he shot last year during his control hunt, and we did a euro mount for him. I uploaded the picture, and uh, as the process of a euro mount, you just kind of you skin it out and take out all the soft material that you can. Um, take the eyes out, take the tongue out, any like I said, any soft tissue around the cheeks, and then you boil it for over an hour yep. in a really hot boil cover the antlers in uh, tinfoil so they don't discolor and then uh, we took a pressure washer and so Adam has a gas powered pressure washer and it was kind of late at night so he didn't want to wake his kids up so we drove over to the uh, pull-in car wash and so I was sitting there just kind of blasting away at this thing with the pressure washer taking some of the meat off getting it nice and clean starting to look awesome the owner of the uh, of the car wash comes by and he's like oh what do you what do you got there because my truck's not backed all the way in yeah he just sees mist flying. I, like, I kind of heard someone talking. I was like, oh, what? I turned up at him, and he sees his deer head. He's like, well, that's a first. And he, I guess he's never really seen someone in the city power wash a deer, skull. a deer skull. Yeah, there was, like, yeah. brain yeah. stuff spraying everywhere. And I was like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was a good laugh. So f- that was most of the exciting stuff that's been going on. Uh, we're yeah. both pretty geared up for the weekend hunt. Yeah, we're all ready for our waterfowl hunt. Um, so Saturday, we're probably going to do close to a full day hunt. After that, I believe we are going to uh, go and do a little report back at the uh, protein lick that we got out. So one thing I did want to touch last week actually was about trail cameras. So I prefer Wild Game and Spy Point myself. I know you're a Spy Point yep, fan. Yep, I'm a Spy Point guy. Wild Game, super affordable. TSC is a local carrier. And they usually do one of their good cameras on for uh, $59.99. And yep. you usually get hooked up with either a 10 megapixel or an 8. Yep. Um, and those will fluctuate a little bit in price. But you get everything you need. The shooting range, usually 50 foot. The infrared. Most cameras now are coming with the infrared that is not visible. So there's no flash. Yeah. Well, there's infrared and then there's black LED. Right. 
And so the infrared will still have a little bit of red showing on it. Yeah. But the black stuff, which is what I use on the blackout lights, are completely invisible to humans and animals. Yeah, my newest one still has that red light, but it doesn't have the flash. So I have the uh, the Terra 8 and the Terra 10. Those are from Wild Game? Those are both Wild Game right cameras. On. And uh, they're not the cell cams, which we can touch a little bit on after this. But I shoot a lot of photos myself. I use higher gigabyte memory card. But one thing I do like when we go check your cams, the spy points, is the video quality. Oh, the video quality is unreal. always shoot in a video. Always. Just how I am. <laughs> it's a great quality too, though. Like, um, I prefer yours over my video quality. Yep. That's all well, the video that, you, that I've showed you is from the spy point BF6. Yeah. Um, we also use a Iron 9, and those are both really really good the iron 9 actually has audio on it where the bf6 doesn't but they're both blackout lights but yeah the quality's great on them and i i, I really do like the video because i like to know what the deer are doing there and how long they're roughly there yeah and you can kind of gauge them where they're coming in from where they're leaving and where they're going to in my eyes it's just a little better than photos yeah um downside though it uses a lot more memory absolutely on the, on the card so i mean if i was to leave a camera up there for months and not check it i'd probably do it in photo yeah. But if I was to, you know, like we do every two weeks or every month at least, then I really don't, I really don't mind using the video. Um, I run 16 gigabyte cards in all my trail cam, so. And that's usually enough. Like I can come yeah. home and I got, you know, even if I got over a thousand photos or 2000 photos, there's still space for more. Exactly. And that's the good thing about photo mode. You can, you really do have the option to have a lot of photos on there. Now, we usually put a little bit of thought into where we put our cameras up on our properties. Uh, so when we just put out the protein, like at my deer property, we put one right on the block, and then we put one about 80, 90 yards away from like an access point, an entry yep. point, if you will, up to the block. I really liked that one. I liked the one that we put up by the block yep. because of it was like one deer trail on yep. the left, a deer trail on the right, one coming out of the bush, and then one kind of going towards a field. It was just deer mayhem. Yeah, it was an intersection without a doubt. Oh, yeah, it was it was awesome. So, and the other one's kind of just you get a little bit of the creek that's there and a crossing from hardwoods to some vines, and that's, that's on route to the block. So do you use that kind of technique at your properties as well? Yeah, I, I, I don't like to hang a camera blind. I like to know what's going on foot-wise. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I saw a really active scrape, I'd probably put one up there too. Right. But I, I personally like seeing where the deer, um, the foot activity is. Yeah. And then going from there. And I've had some really good luck with video of deer. Um, since we started, Mackenzie and I on our first property together, we're getting nine pointers right before season, massive twelves, awesome ten pointers. Um, usually during night, but the thing is they, they showed up on camera right where we wanted them to be. That's a positive. You can always, so for instance, there's one that I've been, or two, I should say, uh, Buck, Buck Norris, Buck Norris. I know mystical Buck Norris. Yeah. And, uh, high rise as well. Those are two bucks that I just kind of named and they've been coming back every year to these properties or to the property that I've been hunting at. And, you know, I've never, I've only seen high rise, uh, once in the day and oh, yeah? I've never got the opportunity. Is that on camera or is that during hunting? That was during hunting. I seen him, he presented an opportunity to some degree. And this is when he was a nine point, very, very tall. So that's the reason I call them high rise. Just the tallest times I've ever seen. 
um, and he just kind of huddled around a bush and the vitals I could see his head his rack and pretty well his neck for a good while and I was already at full draw I just needed him to pop the vitals out on display and he would not do it he turned around and he just <laughs> carried on walked right back through the corn and that was the last I had seen a high rise until <laughs> camera this year um, I seen him quite a few times that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that you didn't just guess where the vitals are and take that shot because, you know, you hear about people doing that. No, I know what I'm after, and I've like I've mentioned before, I've made the mistake myself, and that's not something I want to deal with anymore. No, that's fair. So another style of uh, camera that we're both kind of interested in getting into this year is a cell cam. Why don't you brief on what are, what those are? Yeah, so cell cameras are cameras that when they take pictures or videos, yeah. they automatically send it to your phone. So you have to usually buy a little bit of, uh, I think it's like sometimes $5 a month or something. Um, but it's basically just like data for your trail camera to use it's really nice if you're far away so your grandpa's farm would be an ideal place for it yeah, where absolutely. you can't go check something six hours away yeah so it'll automatically text you videos and pictures right to your phone you can check what's on it so for those ones you want to have bigger memory cards so you can have lots of space and not i know to. spy point's got one available yep they have a few available not just one okay but they're awesome i really like the quality of spy point i can't get over them I know one guy who's on their pro staff, and he just loves them. He just got two new ones in I saw on Instagram a couple days ago. Uh, Martin Coat, I believe is his name. Since we were talking about grilling on your grill, so I figured let's talk about some of our favorite recipes. Yeah, why don't you start us off? Um, yeah, so I guess my most famous that I cook for all my friends is uh, it's called Camp Slop. And so the story behind it is I used to make it on a little different variation until Mackenzie's dad one day was like, add barbecue sauce. And so... Um, he makes it like that and basically it's pasta and then you cook uh, on the side you cook bacon and you brown moose or deer meat like the ground meat and then you add um, some onions you add tomato sauce and then you add barbecue sauce and you put it over the pasta and you put parmesan cheese on it and so it's called camp slop because Mackenzie's dad used to make him eat it every day before he went to deer camp he wasn't allowed to go to camp unless he ate it so it's kind of a cool story, and it's one of my favorite recipes. It's absolutely delicious. Sounds good. Um, off the top of my head, there's a moose roast, which I do with uh, liquid yellow mustard rolled in it. Is this the one that you did? Uh, you prepared tonight? Uh, no, not tonight. Why don't you touch on that one, too, because that was quite good. We've yeah. tried two variations now with a couple different mixes. Yeah, yeah so. I'll touch on that after. Um, so yellow mustard, it's a roast, right? So yellow mustard, brown sugar, roll it in it, uh, cover it in saran wrap, drop it in a slow cooker. And then a couple onions, a can of beer, um, and some chicken broth. Yep. And just let it go for eight hours on low. And that thing is so good. The mustardy taste goes away once you cook it for that long. So it's not like a bite of mustard. But it's just, it's so good and so tender. And it's like a, it's a different like sweet, sour kind of taste. Right. So it's not like your typical barbecue taste. Um, really awesome. The one we did tonight was moose steak. Um, so that was a little bit of sweet baby raised barbecue sauce. I put black pepper, salt, homemade garlic powder that I've given you before. Yeah, which is delicious. Way better than store-bought. Absolutely. And then white wine. Last, so a couple weeks ago, we did it with red. Did it with red wine. This week, uh, we did it with the white. I prefer the white myself. Yeah, I like drink. I like drinking reds with meat, but yeah. I, I th think for this recipe, the white wine's a little bit more mellow. Yeah. And uh, that goes really good. I know those are just some quick ones off the top of my head, but... You got the bear roast, which I know I is do. really good. I you do want to touch that. base on that? Um, so that's a slow cooker, eight hours on slow, 
Um, and when I'm doing it, just served as a roast, I'll prepare it with some potatoes, uh, veggies, and in the pot I'll throw some onion mix, onion soup mix, um, a can of beer, potatoes, onions, carrots, and I like to throw in apples. So I just stab the roast uh, with a toothpick and apples and just let it simmer. Um, and there's one other one that I like to do again with the bear roast and this one I kind of make as a pulled pork addition we'll call it. Oh yeah, like a nice sweet one. So it's pretty well the same as um, the onion soup, onions, potatoes. Um, now the potatoes I'll just serve on the side because now I'm making kind of like a pulled pork. I want to throw this on the bun. Um, I don't add the apple to this one, but I add a Dijon mustard. Okay. And this one I let go for nine hours just so it it's yeah, it just shreds, falls apart. Shreds apart. Oh yeah. And I, I literally just take a fork and I almost mash as if you're mashing potatoes. Yep. And you throw that on a bun with some barbecue sauce afterwards, and it's unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that sounds really good. Um, we did venison Salisbury steaks at your place. Yeah, that was delicious. Was That's your... the first time I've ever had a Salisbury. Yeah, thing. just uh, defrost your uh, ground venison and then salt pepper in it. Um, you pack it into like, uh, it's like the deer extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. You pack it into like a steak shape yeah. about like an inch and a half thick. And then, so you sear one side on the pan, flip it, sear the other side, uh, make, we made onion gravy, yep. which just came out really good. That was delicious. Um, and then you cook, you cook, cook the whole steak and onion gravy. And then once you serve it, you serve it usually with mashed potatoes, yep. pour the gravy over the whole thing. And it's just, it's so good. And uh, I really like that one. Um, you have some more recipes, don't you? Well, there's lots that I could add, but it's I gotta go through the cookbook. Well, I know I know you do a really good venison steak, which I know most people cook venison steaks. So with my venison steak, I throw a little bit of red wine, uh, salt, and I don't put on uh, pepper till after. And usually when I do a pepper, I'll do the cracked pepper, um, and. That one's in a little bit of barbecue sauce, and I throw that in a Ziploc, and I let it sit for 24 hours, throw it on the grill for about 8-10 minutes, and I like cooking it at a rare almost, and that's kind of, it's so basic, but it's so good. I can't wait to try it on this Pit Boss Grill. Oh yeah. I think, um, me personally, Wild Game, I can't stand anything, anything more cooked than a medium rare just drives me crazy. It just becomes more chewy in my taste. So I really like... You lose almost the flavors. Yeah, I like rare. Are. I like rare. I love rare. Um, I I will eat blue. I don't mind a blue steak if yeah. it's wild game, and medium rare is okay. Like it's not my favorite, but I yeah. mean, um, sometimes I have friends that really like medium rare, and you know, I usually cook a steak more for them than for me at this point. Yeah, I like to share and kind of give back to friends and stuff. I just so. like to grill, so if you can put something together, I'll have to grill it. <laughs> yeah, I came over today and I looked at Cam. I was like, I brought marinated steak. Throw it on your grill. So that was kind of awesome. Yeah, we did today. all right tonight. Yeah, we did pretty good. You did a wicked side of veggies with pears in it. Yeah, you didn't see that coming. No, you uh, you opened up the grill and I looked and I was like, is that a, is that a pear? And you're like, shh. Just a fine touch. You throw just some veggies. And tonight we did uh, broccolis, tomatoes, peppers. Um, I didn't throw the onions in. And some pear. Yep. And just a little bit of pepper. No salt. Because uh, you want to still keep that sweet uh, yeah. from the pear. And the pear actually gives off to the tomatoes and the broccoli. Oh, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed the, the it, it turned out great. The pear was such a different taste in it, but it was so good. Yeah. Um, of course, we've done our goose sausage. We went into that. I actually just finished writing the recipe for that, so that will be on our website soon. Yeah. 
um, once we get that uploaded. Tonight we threw on uh, some honey garlic sausage. Yeah, we did the honey garlic because last time you did the jalapeno cheddar. Yeah. So that was good to kind of get a little mix in there. Hopefully we get some more geese this weekend so we oh, can add, I hope so. add to the pile. We have still a lot of goose meat in the freezer, but it's we always still nice have to and sausage to make. I think we, we're yep. going to do some burgers and we'll do some uh, sausage with that. Yeah, I really want to try like a good smoked burger. Yeah, you can yeah. definitely do that. We've yeah. got... A different amount of options. Ooh, smoked burger with smoked cheddar that I just picked up today. That wouldn't be bad. That'd be really good. Seared with a little cheese on top of that. Yeah, we're going to end this podcast and go make food. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 11 o'clock, but we're still going to go make food. Yeah, why not? Um, So next week, I think we're going to try and plan for Thursday. Our website's going to be up and running. Uh, We've had a couple hosting issues, so sorry about the delay. Um, we want the website to be uh, just just as informative as the podcasts hopefully are. Um, we're going to be uploading a lot of our photos there. We'll be uploading lots of grilling and lots of cooking photos yep. as well with our recipes. So if you guys want to know how much... Uh, you know, tablespoons of salt and pepper we use on our steaks, yep. you know, right down to the nitty gritty. Absolutely. Um, we're going to share our hunts with you. And I think we just talked about uh, one last feature. Yeah. throwing in a page for you guys if you want to send us some photos some hunting stories yeah make us jealous show us bigger deer that you've shot than Absolutely. us which is we I would mean, love to put that on the site and uh we you know we definitely send it to like bowhuntingmag.com yep or you know anyone else we can talk to absolutely River, i'd love to see what you guys are shooting how the hunts are going in southern ontario yeah i'd love to see talk about on a future podcast once they're up be like give a shout out and say congratulations to you guys absolutely um i think that's kind of cool thing to network right yeah. you can kind of share your photos and your stories with us um there's in there's a contact button that'll be on the website which will directly you can send messages to us we'll get them yeah you either go direct just to the website or you can go right to cello or myself yep uh instagram is always easy for us yeah uh, facebook too i've gotten facebook messages before which is actually really cool um i guess we haven't really touched on that too much but sometimes people shout out to us and just say hey like um just listen to your podcast for the first time really liked it and i, I remember once i was messaging the guy back and i was like hey like do you want to talk about a subject do you want to shout out like do you want to just say something he's like no just keep doing what you guys are doing and uh carry on and i was like that's that's actually really i like cool, to man. hear from the listeners yeah if we're doing something wrong or obviously we're doing <laughs> a lot of things right so far yeah um, we officially we officially broke 250 downloads which is kind of crazy to us i just checked and i'm pretty sure we're at 260 260 which is kind of crazy to us like when cam and i first released this thing we thought we'd probably have like 10 downloads but we were hoping for 15 i think is the number <laughs> i said yeah i think it's like oh look we have uh 10 downloads in 20 episodes like there's been way more views than we ever thought. Yeah, you and... guys are just giving us a reason to talk hunting and just everything that's on our minds every day. Yeah, and as long as people are listening, I am more than willing to put these things out and talk about stuff. Because, yeah. like we've always said, you and I aren't the best hunters in the world, and we know that, but yeah. we always put meat on the table every single year. Absolutely. So, I think... Uh... I think this is kind of fun, and hopefully this carries on. Yeah, we'll keep on keeping on. You guys keep listening, and with the new website coming up, please send those stories in and send photos in, man. I'd love just to sit here, and me and you can just chat about the photos. Oh, yeah. I'd love so-and-so to... sending a nice picture of a 10-point in. Oh, yeah. I'd love to pull up the name, pull up the photo right away, talk about it, talk about who submitted it, yeah. and kind of go over that. And I think That's exciting stuff. Absolutely. I know there's going to be people automatically that are going to want their photos online because yeah. it's kind of it's kind of cool to 
share what you're doing out there. Yeah. Um, we, we got a lot of people that we talked to titanium archery products. Yep. Those guys are in the States. Um, we talked to crystal red pass. She's out West Yep. and you know, that's, that's great publicity for everyone. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool for everyone to have the opportunity to get their name out there and, and just kind of chill. It's a big industry. Lots yeah. of products, lots of people. Yeah. I, I, and I always like meeting new people, whether it's online or in person. And I think this is going to be a great opportunity to do that. I believe so. Yeah. Anything else you want to add for episode number five? No, I am super excited for episode number five. I hope everyone likes it as much as I do. Yeah. And uh, I think we're just going uphill from here. Yeah. So I honestly, guys, thanks so much for listening. And uh, I guess we'll see you around. Yeah. Don't forget to send those comments and stories. And uh, as of now, uh, we'll have this uploaded probably by tomorrow. Guys, send those photos in. We want to see how your 2017 year went. And uh, goose season's coming up in a day. And we got turkey season in a couple weeks. So tune in next week, guys, for episode number six. We'll have more good stuff for you. Awesome. Thanks, everyone.